You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. And welcome to the Finn Sports Football Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony John Deletti Jr. If this is your first time here on the podcast, welcome. Glad to have you here. If it's not your first time, welcome back. And oh my God. Wow. What a I don't need I'm at a loss for words, honestly. What an incredible last 24 hours for your Miami Dolphins. I mean, if you would have told me 24 hours ago that the Dolphins would have added a top three left tackle and a top three wide receiver to the team in a matter of 24 hours, I would have told you you're smoking something. Um, I mean, maybe with Teron Armstead, I would have been like, yeah, I see that coming for sure. But Tyreek Hill, like Tyreek, let's just take a moment. Tyreek Hill is a Miami Dolphin. Just take, take a, a little pause Take a breather and just say that to yourself. Tyreek Hill is a Miami Dolphin. Now, like, let me kind of explain the roller coaster of emotions that I felt the last 24 hours. So, once Lyle Collins was signed by the Bengals, I kind of, like, let's be honest with ourselves. I was, like, pissed at Chris Greer and Mike McDaniel. I was like, I'm not sure what the hell you're doing that you let a top tier right tackle just sign with a team who drafted a quarterback the same year as you has the same type of issues on the offensive line as you yet you just showed no interest in him and a bunch of people were were making funny memes gifs whatever you want to call them about Chris Greer sleeping on the job they were saying hey someone wake up Chris Greer Little did we know that this man behind the scenes was pulling off this that we experienced today, getting Teron Armstead and Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins. Okay, so Lyle Collins was signed to the Bengals, and, you know, I'm sitting there, I'm looking at Reasons Patreon, I'm trying to, you know, learn or or get as much inside info as I can. I'm, like, hearing that the Dolphins weren't pursuing Lyle Collins towards the end we were pursuing Teron Armstead that you know since Watson didn't go to the Saints Teron Armstead wanted to leave and so like we're sitting here yesterday or I was sitting there yesterday and I was pretty confident that a deal was going to get done between the Dolphins and Armstead however it was reported that he left Miami without a deal and so I'm sitting there and I'm like man we just let a top tier left tackle leave the facility who knows what else he has there on the market are we going to get him on our team? And like literally not even an hour after I had that thought, Adam Schefter comes out. We get that little notification icon from Adam Schefter on Twitter. Dolphins reached a five-year contract agreement with Teron Armstead. Now in my mind, I have like all of these emotions going on. Okay. I have all these emotions because you guys who have listened to the podcast, you know, my thoughts and opinions on Teron Armstead. I the the main thing with Teron Armstead, 
When healthy, he is a top three left tackle in the NFL. It's him, Bakhtiari, and um, Trent Williams. They're the best left tackles in the NFL. The only issue is he gets injured a lot, okay? He's been in the NFL for nine seasons, and he's only played in more than nine or more than 10 games in four of those seasons. That's an issue. However, the reason I was concerned is because I had heard from people's Patreons and from talking with people that the Dolphins were going to offer four years, $90 million, which if you take the APY on that, the average per year, that's $22.5 million. And I was just not attracted at all to the option of paying a very good left tackle who's very injury prone $22.5 million, okay? When I saw that the Dolphins got Teron Armstead for less money than they're paying Emmanuel Agba per year, I was mind blown. The fact that the Dolphins signed Teron Armstead to a five-year, $75 million contract is wild because you're getting a top three left tackle for $15 million per year with incentives to earn him $17.5 million per year. But even at its highest, guys, $17.5 million per year would mean that he's healthy and he's playing full seasons or a majority of, of the games in a season, which if I'm getting 13 to 14 games of Toronto Armstead, $17.5 million for him is uh, it's a steal. I mean, I, I'm not really sure how the Dolphins were able to get him for under $20 million, especially considering he's 31 and he's elite. Normally, elite older players don't settle for incentive-based contracts. They want a lot of money, and they don't. They want guaranteed. The fact that the Dolphins were able to get him for 15 per year, with up to 17 and a half per year, based off incentives. I'm sure it has to do with how many games he plays per season. The fact that they got him for that is phenomenal. Okay, and now with him at left guard or left tackle and Connor Williams at left guard, you now have secured the left side of the offensive line. Now, I would love for them, just side note, before I continue on this roller coaster of emotions that I've been feeling the last 24 hours, I would love for them to still go out and get a center. Because if you can go out and get a center like J.C. Treader, you now have fixed your entire offensive line except right tackle. And I understand that's the blind spot for Tua, but I don't know, man. The fact that they let Lyle Collins walk and that they've planned this Taysom, or, uh, Taysom Hill, oh my God, no, Tyreek Hill trade for the last couple of days, that leads me to believe that they really have something in their sleeves, whether it's a player on the team or something for right tackle. But I digress. So Teron Arbstead gets signed, and I'm, I'm going, I'm, I'm super happy. I'm like, okay, we still have holes, we have a first, we have a second. They're not done in free agency. Let's see what else they can do. But they got what most people consider to be the number one free agent available. They got him on the team. So I wake up this morning, okay? I woke up early because I had to go get my taxes done this morning. I had to go to H&R Block and get my taxes done. So I wake up. I'm with my beautiful fiance. We're sitting there drinking a cup of coffee, chatting. We're planning a wedding right now, which please wish us luck on that because, oh my gosh, it's a lot. But we're planning a wedding, and so we're talking, and all of a sudden I see a Twitter notification. And I'm like, hmm, what could it be? It's from Adam Schefter. 
that I see that Tyreek Hill is they the the Chiefs are allowing Tyreek Hill to seek a trade because of a stalemate with contract talks. And I'm like, is this real? Like the first thing I did is I clicked and I made sure it's the real Adam Schefter because these fakes are out here trying to scam us. So I look and I see it's from the real Adam Schefter and I'm like, oh my God, Tyreek Hill is going to be traded from the Chiefs. That's crazy. So in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm like, where could he go? Well, the Browns with Deshaun Watson, a lot of people want to go there now. Um, the Colts are missing a wide receiver and they have draft capital and calf space. I'm like, they could be an option. I thought uh, the Packers would have been a phenomenal destination because they just lost um, Devontae Adams. But why would they not pay Devontae but pay Tyree Kill? So, of course, once that happened, you go on Dolphins Twitter and you see all the people that are like, bro, let's go get him. Let's do this. Let's do that. Like, it's Madden. So I'm sitting there. I'm like, guys, like, in my head, I'm thinking there's no way the Dolphins would be able to get Tyreek Hill. Like, the Dolphins aren't going to get Tyreek Hill. Let's just calm down. It sounds amazing on paper. I would love the move, but it's not going to happen. And literally while I was thinking that, I get another notification from Adam Schefter, and it says that the Jets and the Dolphins are serious, are in serious trade talks for Tyreek Hill. And when I tell you that I nearly lost my damn mind at the kitchen table, I lost my damn mind. Okay, I was flipping out. I was like, is this real? Like, is this Madden? You're telling me the, the second best wide receiver in the NFL, a top 10 player in the NFL, could realistically be a Miami Dolphin by the end of the day? And first of all, I it kind of still to this day blows my mind that like this wasn't talked about. Like no one was talking about Tyreek Hill being traded up until today. I mean, there were little rumblings, I think, but like this was kept so under wraps And I just sat there. I think we all did. And I just sat there and I'm like, I'm an idiot. Because I think we all owe Chris Greer an apology. We're criticizing this man for sleeping on the job. Meanwhile, he's out here trying to get Teron Armstead and Tyreek Hill within 24 hours. Like, are you joking? What? Is this Madden? Like, this doesn't happen. And so I'm just sitting there like I think a lot of us were just like flabbergasted. Like, I'm just like, wait, 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 Tyreek Hill is realistically going to be a Miami Dolphin by the end of the day. So my emotions are going crazy. I end up having to go to H&R Block, okay? I, I don't want to, but I, I end up having to go to H&R Block because I have to get my taxes done. So I'm sitting there doing my taxes, looking at my phone every second I can. And literally, as soon as I got in the car after it finished... Adam Schefter reported, it's official, the Dolphins have traded for Tyreek Hill. And I screamed like a little 10-year-old girl in the car. I was alone. I don't care. I'm not going to repeat my scream. But I screamed like a 5-year-old, 10-year-old girl when I heard that Tyreek Hill got traded to the Miami Dolphins. Because this doesn't happen. Okay. In wide receiver term, like this is as close to the Deshaun Watson trade as you can get. Top tier, top 10 players in the NFL don't just get traded. Yet this offseason, we saw Deshaun Watson, which, look, the legal issues kind of make me question that. 
okay? But we'll talk about that on a different day. But you have him, Devontae Adams, Russell Wilson, and now Tyreek Hill all get traded in a matter of two weeks. And that's just wild to me. It's just wild. And the fact that I still can't even comprehend the fact that the Dolphins now have Tyreek Hill on this team. And we have to get into like what this means for our team now. Because there's so... My mind is going 199 miles an hour, 200 miles an hour, thinking of all the ways the Dolphins and this offense with McDaniel can use Tyreek Hill. Okay? So, like, I get in the car and I go home and I'm just, like, sitting there speechless. Like, I screamed like a 10-year-old girl and then I didn't talk at all again. Because I'm, like, it still hasn't comprehended that, like, Tyreek Hill is a Dolphin. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I know I keep saying that. But, like, you literally can go on Madden, like, and realistically have Tyreek Hill on your team, and that's the real thing. Like, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are on the same team. And, like, Mike McDaniel's just sitting here because last year we were like, oh, we got Waddle. He's, like, the next Tyreek Hill, or he's as close to Tyreek Hill as you can get. Meanwhile, Greer and McDaniel are like, yo, why not have both? Like, wild absolutely wild and so let's get into the trade compensation for Tyreek Hill the contract that they gave him and then on top of that let's talk about how this is going to impact our offense because oh my gosh I can imagine Tua right now is also screaming like a 10 year old girl so trade wise I believe this is correct because this is what I'm seeing we traded our first and second this year and a fourth round pick this year, because we have two of them, as well as a fourth and a sixth round pick next year. Now look, I understand that's a lot of picks for a wide receiver, but tell me right now, realistically, sitting wherever you are right now, tell me what player any team could get at 29 and 50 that could have the impact on this team the way Tyreek Hill can. Like, I I don't, first of all, the draft this year isn't that overwhelming, except wide receiver and offensive line. And I'm not sure what two players the Dolphins would have gotten at 29 and 50 that would have equated to the impact that Tyreek Hill is going to have on this team. And this goes to kind of like this new trend that you're seeing in the NFL, which really started with the Rams. And it doesn't shock me that that's how Mike McDaniel is because his fellow colleague, Sean McVay, is the coach of the Rams. But there's this new like thought, kind of like in the NBA, which I love, which is like, like, I understand it's a lot of compensation, but draft picks are always lottery tickets. Doesn't matter how high you take a draft pick, they're always lottery tickets, especially as you start getting higher and higher in the draft to where... Again, like the fourth and sixth round pick, the two fourths and the sixth, like those are lottery tickets at best. And like, yeah, the first and second round pick, it's like now this year our first pick is in the third round. But like, tell me the player in the draft in general that is projected to be Tyreek Hill-like. Tell me the player in this draft at wide receiver that you'd be able to get at 29 or 50 that is going to have top 10 realistic capabilities at wide receiver or wherever. 
like there might be players, of course, that you get a 29 and 50 that can be top 10, but it's very rare. And let's be quite honest, guys, as much as we're all drinking the Chris Greer Kool-Aid right now, especially me, I'm chugging it. Chris Greer, aside from last year, not really the best track record drafting. And so if you can trade that first and second this year for a player of his caliber, it's a no-brainer. And that's where when I sit back and look at this, I say, like, I don't care that we traded away a, a first and a second. Because tell me the player realistically that you were going to get at 29 or 50 and 50 that combined would have the chance to have the impact that Tyreek Hill has on this team. Like trading draft picks for proven commodities is always the way to go. I don't care what anyone says. Yes, if you can build through your draft picks, that's the smartest way to do it. But if you have an option to get a top 10 player like Tyree Kill, and all you have to do is trade away a first and a second, which let's be honest, aside from last year, <laughs> first and second round picks haven't been that good for Miami since like Laramie Tunsil in 2016. And then uh, two fourths and a six. Like, I'm sorry, do we not know like what normal fourth and sixth round picks are? They're backup players at best. They're projects, lottery tickets, more so than first and seconds. So you trade away two fourths and a six. That's nothing. And then the first and a second, again, I keep going back to like, what player were the Dolphins going to get? What two players were the Dolphins going to get at 29 and 50 that you would say, I'll take them over Tyreek Hill? No one. Absolutely no one. So, I mean, A plus for the Dolphins on that aspect. I think, like, personally, when Devontae Adams got traded for a first and a second, I was like, that's not nearly enough because Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the NFL. But even with Tyreek Hill, even though it was more picks because it was five picks, fourths and six, I mean, you could have given away a bunch of fourths and six. I don't care about those. But like a first and a second? Uh, no, no issue here from me. So then we get into contracts because contracts is more so what I care about when it comes to players, not really draft capital to get them. Like I'll give up a lot of firsts for a good player because they're proven. Now draft capital... Obviously, the reason he got traded was because him and the Chiefs were at a stalemate with contract because he wanted a lot of money and the Chiefs didn't want to give it to him, which still to my still doesn't make sense to me because Tyree Hill is is so good. But the Dolphins reached a contract agreement with him to where I believe it's a four year, one hundred twenty million dollar deal with like, what is it, seventy five, seventy seven million dollars guaranteed or something, which if you do the math it's like, I think, um, I'm trying to think 70, it, it's like 50 of it is a signing bonus and 77 million is guaranteed this year. I'm not really sure how contracts work, guys. I'm sorry. I'm not the best at that. All I know is the Dolphins paid a lot of money for Tyreek Hill, but like, I mean, that, that like the reality is guys, we're going to have to get to a point where we understand that like th these, first of all, it's not my money. <laughs> First of all, let's get that out. It's not our money that I'm giving, but also like, that's just how it is. And I think next year, like DK Metcalf and Debo Samuel are up for contracts. So like the wide receiver market's only going to get more expensive. And so paying like 
what is it, 30 million technically per year, but like really with guaranteed, it's, I don't know, it's less than that. It's like in the 20, mid 20 range. Paying that for a top two wide receiver in the NFL, I'm okay with it. Paying that much for a top 10 player in the NFL, I'm okay with it. And more so, not even, it's not even so much that I'm okay with it because I know how good he is, but also, again, when I think about how good he fits this offense, it's crazy to me. And that leads into the last part of this conversation, which is, you know, I'm seeing a lot of disrespectful, I don't think people are meant to be, meaning to be disrespectful, but like, I don't know why Tyreek Hill is labeled as like just a deep threat. I'm, I'm not sure. I get it. He's fast. He's the fastest player in the NFL, but like, I don't know why people think just because you're fast that all you're good for is deep ball throws. Like, if you've watched a a Kansas City Chiefs game in the last, I don't know, two years, three years, which they're always on primetime, so I'm not sure how you have it. But I don't know. Maybe I'm watching different games or different film. But whenever I watch the Kansas City Chiefs game, Tyreek Hill, of course, yes, he has that deep threat ability where he just runs a go route and he runs by you. But like a lot of ways the Chiefs used him was similar to how the Dolphins wanted to use Waddle last year and tried to. Jet sweeps, screens, little 10, 15 yard routes, crossers, deep in cuts, stuff like that in the middle of the field. Where like, if you understand the McDaniel offense, which is really just the Shanahan system, the Shanahan system is predicated around stretching you out horizontally building the game plan through the run game and then having a passing game that is then complemented through the play action. And I tweeted this earlier today and I'll say it again on the podcast. I'm not saying this because I'm a Dolphin fan. I I would say this no matter where Tyreek Hill went. If they had Waddle and Hill, like if you're a defense, what are you supposed to do if the Dolphins set up a run game? Right, Say the Dolphins with Chase Edmonds, Raheem Moster, and maybe a draft pick establish a run game in any given game. How are you supposed to defend a play-action pass to where Tyreek Hill is on the left side of the field running a deep post, and then on the right side of the field, you have Jalen Waddle running a 20-yard crosser and Mike Isicki running a shallow drag? Like, what are you supposed to do as a defense? Because you're going to have to double-team Tyreek Hill. You're going to have to respect the deep threat. But you're telling me you're just going to give someone a one-on-one with Jalen Waddle doing a 20-yard crosser? Because he'll beat him every single time. And then if you decide to run very... If you if you decide to drop everyone back in zone coverage, you're going to get Mike Kosicki on an easy shallow crosser for a good 5-7 yard gain at least. So like... And that's just a simple, basic play design that me, the everyday fan, thought of. I can only imagine what smarter NFL analysts and people like Mike McDaniel are thinking of like, oh my God, like Jalen Waddle alone, using him, it's like I can imagine all the things that Mike McDaniel's thinking. Now you add the fastest player in the NFL and the second best wide receiver in the NFL, and it's like, oh my God. Like, the things that they can do pre-snap and post-snap with these two guys is ludicrous. And another thing, when it comes to using him, you know, people keep talking, of course, 
everything's about Tua. So, you know, they trade for Tyreek Hill, and now everyone's saying, oh, my God, well, he's not Patrick Mahomes. Look, I know Tua's not Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, going from Patrick Mahomes to Tua is going to be a downgrade because Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. So anyone not named Patrick Mahomes is going to be a downgrade or at least a lateral move if you're like Rodgers or Allen. But like to think that just because, you know, Tua doesn't have Patrick Mahomes' arm that like he's not going to be able to use Tyreek Hill the way he wants to, meaning Mike McDaniel, is so stupid. And again, it's because a lot of people are out there thinking the only way you can run Tyreek Hill is on deep routes. First of all, go read like go do some research. If you look at Tua's statistical ratings as a quarterback, he actually is the third best percentage rated quarterback when it comes to deep passes 20, 30 plus yards. He's like third best in the NFL over the last year. On top of that, when you go to short, intermediate, and deep passes, Tua actually is his best when he's doing deep passes. Like that's technically the area of the field where he has best completion, the most, uh, the best passer rating, QBR, whatever you want to call it. It's deep throwing, okay? But on top of that, again, you if you don't understand all the ways you can use Tyreek Hill that fit to his game, it's because you either A, are just trolling, or B, you haven't done enough research or film watching of the Shanahan system, of how the Chiefs used Jalen or uh, Tyreek Hill and what two is good at like Tyreek Hill a lot of the route concepts he runs are going to fit this scheme perfectly because again what's the Shanahan system about spread you out horizontally have that zone scheme run okay to where you're having guys move to gaps and block in gaps and you're having guys run to edges of the field rather than just vertically and once I've stretched you out horizontally enough, then play action pass and I pop one deep because I've stretched you out so far horizontally that you're not now worrying about the vertical. So like, and again, I'm, I'm not even, I don't ever claim to be the smartest NFL film scheme person. So like, I'm not even describing it the right way. It makes more sense in my head. But point is, no one out there should be thinking just because Tua doesn't have the same arm as Patrick Mahomes that like suddenly Tyreek Hill's not going to become useful anymore in this scheme. Like, I'm just letting y'all know, just be ready. Because if you're in NFL defense, I'm not sure how the hell you want to now cover Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, and Mike Kosicki. And we still haven't even talked about like Devontae Parker now is like wide receiver number three which is where I've been saying for years that's where he needs to be, to where you're not relying on him. You still have him. You still have Cedric Wilson. We haven't even talked about the fact that Raheem Mostert's the fastest running back in the NFL. And, oh, yeah, you also have Mike Kosicki. So, like, again, I understand Tyreek Hill is going and he's downgrading at quarterback and he's not going to have Patrick Mahomes anymore. But to think that, like, first of all, one other thing the Shanahan system's never about the quarterback so like stop saying that like Tyreek Hill's not going to have Mahomes anymore not all systems are predicated around the quarterback the Shanahan system has never 
been about the quarterback. That's why they're able to go to a Super Bowl and be successful with, like, anyone. Jimmy Garoppolo, they went to a Super Bowl with. Because the Shanahan system is more so how to get your wide receivers the ball in space and how to use creative designs to run the football and, and, and use your wide receivers as running backs or, you know, with screen passes, whatever it may be. This, the Shanahan system's not about highlighting the quarterback so much as it is using the run game creatively to then complement what your quarterback can do. So, like, to think that, you know, Tyreek Hill's going to come here and we're going to be running the Kansas City offense and they're going to be relying on Tua to be Patrick Mahomes, you're lying. And, and you don't know what you're talking about. They're going to be using Tyreek Hill in a way that fits the McDaniel-Shanahan offense, which is, again, stretch you horizontally and then set up the play action through the run and look out for Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle to, to destroy you in the deeper 20-yard cross, deep post go routes. Okay? And on top of that, again, we haven't even talked about using Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle as ball carriers. Like, do, do y'all not remember where Mike McDaniel's coming from? Do you not remember how he used Debo Samuel last year? And I'm not saying they're going to use Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle as Debo Samuel or, or like that. But like the, the, the possibilities are endless with those two guys. Like, I mean, again, like to just limit Tyreek Hill's this deep ball passer or this deep ball threat to where all you can use him as if you're a coach is to run a go route. I mean, what are you talking about? Mike McDaniel's going to have his options with how to use Tyreek Hill. And then we haven't even gotten into Jalen Waddell. We haven't even gotten into Cedric Wilson, who you signed. We haven't talked about Preston Williams and Devontae Parker at all. Are they, are they even needed on the team? Like, if you get rid of Devontae Parker and then you keep Jalen Waddell, um, Tyreek Hill, Cedric Wilson, Preston Williams, and Lynn Bowden... I mean, I, are we good to go? So, like, there's so many possibilities with this offense. We haven't even talked about Mike Kosicki. We haven't even talked about the running backs because this is a run-first scheme. So, it's like, it's just wild to me. And the thing I love most about the Tyreek Hill signing, and really all the signings that they've made, is especially the, the Toronto Armstead and Tyreek Hill, is that you are doing two things simultaneously. You are, number one, supporting your quarterback that you drafted fifth overall. What a concept. Um, but at the same time, you're now putting all the pressure on him to go out and perform. Because that's the thing that I think a lot of people have been arguing with Tua is that, yeah, it's been a little underwhelming at times, but so has the talent around him. And so now if you're Mike McDaniel and Chris Greer... You can go into the 2022 season saying, hey, we've given you everything. We've given you a top two wide receiver. We've given you a much better offense or a better offensive line. I think they still need a little bit of work to be done there. We've given you better running backs. We kept Gesicki and we kept your defense intact. We've given you more than a lot of other quarterbacks have. It's your opportunity now and it's your job to go out and perform because we've done everything we can on our end. 
And I think everyone in their right mind, regardless of how Tua performs this season, can't use the excuse of, oh, well, he didn't do well because of this or because of that. And, and I really, I'm excited to see because I think I've always been someone of the camp that believes if you build around your quarterback, any quarterback, the more you build around them, the better chance they have to succeed. And I don't think the Dolphins have done a good job of building around Tua. And so now you give him Tyree Kill, you give him Jalen Waddle, Cedric Wilson, Raheem Mostert, Chase Edmonds, you keep Kosicki, you give him a top three left tackle, a, a very good above average left guard. You'll, you'll probably figure out center and right tackle or one of the other by, by the time the season starts. And so now Tua can go into the season with all the pressure on him to where at the end of the season, if you don't like what you see, you know it's not for lack of trying and you can move on. And if you like what you see, problem solved. And I love it. I do. I really love it. The only thing, there's there's three moves I want to see happen by the end of this offseason. To me, that would just, I mean, I can't even say make it better because it's already been the best ever. But like, number one, I, I'm curious to see what happens with X because I've heard rumors that they want to keep him and that they think they are going to keep him and X thinks he'll stay. Two, I want to see us address one more position on the offensive line, preferably right tackle, but if it's not, then center. And number three, bring back the classic uniforms. If you can get those three things done, I mean, best off season in sports history. I mean, that's an over exaggeration, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Like if the dolphins can do that, I mean, my goodness. So I mean, man, I'm just out of breath. To be honest, I didn't plan this podcast at all. I, I literally right now I'm, I've been traveling and stuff. So I'm in the car recording this. I'm not even at home where I normally record if it sounds weird, but like, I'm sorry if this podcast has been all over the place, but I am just like, I still am not 100%. I, I'm still kind of in denial. Like, do we really have Tyreek Hill on our team? Like, that's a real thing. And, you know, and like, it's going to take a little while for me and I think a lot of other people to like say like, hey, Tyreek Hill plays for the Miami Dolphins. That's a really weird concept. It's an incredible concept but it's really weird. And I think a lot of us owe Chris Greer an apology, me included, because again, after the Collins signing, the Lyle Collins, I was like, dude, what are you doing? You, you surely don't care about your job because you haven't done anything. Meanwhile, my ignorant idiotic self didn't realize this dude's literally trying to get a top three left tackle and a top two, arguably best wide receiver in the NFL on your team. So Hats off, Chris Greer. You made me look like an idiot, and I'm so happy you did. Uh, You made a lot of us look like idiots, and I'm happy that you did. You deserve a statue of yourself built in front of Hard Rock Stadium. And, um, I mean, also real quick before I cap it off, with Chris Greer, like, you have to understand, and I've said this about Chris Greer, many other people have, so I can't take, like, ownership of it. It's just something that a lot of people have said. Chris Greer isn't a, he's not the type of GM that puts it all on him. Chris Greer is 100% a executor of the coach's vision. He does not believe that a GM 
should be the type of guy to make the decisions. He thinks my job as a GM is to execute your vision. So whatever coach I have, I will do my best to execute whatever vision you have. My job is to not overstep you. My job is to complement what you want since you're going to be coaching this team and it's your team. And I think that's why Steven Ross kept him is because he knows like, hey, I just need to make the right coaching hire because Chris Greer is just going to do whatever he can to, to, to carry out that guy's vision. And so the reason you're seeing a shift with Chris Greer is because you saw a, sh- a shift with coaching. You went from someone in Brian Flores who comes from the Belichick tree, which I'm not saying this is the wrong way to do things because obviously the Patriots have had so much success, but Brian Flores comes from the tree or the, the thought, the school of thought that you draft, you develop cheaper talent, you don't go spend big, and you focus on your coaching to help build these guys up. Where he missed out was the fact that he didn't have Tom Brady like Bill Belichick did, and he didn't know how to build good coaching staffs. Bill Belichick did, okay? So that was the problem with Ryan Flores. Mike McDaniel comes in from the school of thought, which you're seeing with Sean McVay in Los Angeles. I will go out and I will get good playmakers. I'm not, I will build my offense through the run game, which is why they went out and got two running backs and two offensive linemen so far. I will build it through the run game and I will go out and if need be, I will trade to get good players. So by having a more aggressive coach, you are now seeing a more aggressive Chris Greer. And to be honest with you guys, again, you can like that or not, but you have to give it off like hats off to Chris Greer because it takes a lot to have that much power and to have that little ego. And what I love is that I think we have a coach at least so far, we're seeing a coach who isn't afraid to go out and get really good players because he himself doesn't have a big ego. So he's okay having big egos on the team because he himself does not have one. Whereas Brian Flores, Brian Flores wants guys that work at McDonald's because he believes he can coach them up and they don't have big egos so he can be the alpha dog. Chris Greer and McDaniel don't have that. They are egoless people who are just looking to have really good players on their team. And they're doing that. So I owe Chris Greer an apology. I think a lot of us do. He has just had a masterful last year, really, dating back to last year's draft. I mean, in the last year, Chris Greer has brought in Jalen Waddell, Jalen Phillips, Javon Holland, um, Teron Armstead, and Tyreek Hill in, in, in not even a year. That's incredible. So... I'm really excited so far. Again, I do think that the Dolphins still need to add one more piece on the offensive line. And I think Tua's trainer came out today. I know a couple people who have inside info directly to the team have come out and said like, hey, the Dolphins aren't done. Just letting y'all know, if you think they're done, they're not. More help is on the way. I personally think the the move to help solidify this offseason would be to go out and get JC Treader. Once you do that, cut who you need to cut, get rid of everyone you need to get rid of, and then head into the draft knowing, hey, I need to extend Xavier Howard. I need to cut these guys. We have a third round pick. Can we trade back, accumulate more picks next year? Can we trade up? 
maybe into the second round if we like a running back, whatever it may be, I think if you can get a center, that then solidifies you to do a lot in the draft. Even though you don't have as many picks, that's, that, that helps you feel confident that you've done literally as much as you can in the offseason to make that offense better. So that's all I have for you guys today. Crazy time to be a Dolphins fan. Absolutely crazy. I hope you guys enjoyed. Um, man, I, I literally have nothing else to say. I'm like at a loss for words. So hope you guys enjoyed. Have a great rest of your day. It's a phenomenal time to be a Dolphin fan. I'll see you next time. Stay safe. Fins up. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins.